can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, we gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, we gotta cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell 'em that God's gonna cut 'em down. Tell 'em that God's gonna cut 'em down. Well, my goodness gracious, let me tell you the news. My head's been wet with the midnight dew. I've been down on bended knees. Talking to the man from Galilee, he spoke to me in a voice so sweet. I thought I heard the shuffle of angels' feet. He called my name and my heart stood still. When he said, "John, go do my will," go tell that long-tongued liar, go and tell that midnight rider, tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter, tell him that God's gonna cut him down, tell him that God's gonna cut him down. Can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Well, you may throw your rock, hide your hand, working in the dark against your fellow man. But as sure as God made black and white, what's done in the dark will be brought to the light. You can run on. For a long time, run on. For a long time, run on. For a long time, sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell 'em that God's gonna cut you down. Tell 'em that God's gonna. Wow, that was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> It's Aisha here from God FM. I hope you're having a lovely day. And yes, my sermon today, so 25th of February 2023, is about the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And it's the bird's eye view of it. So <sighs> I was uh, led to do this sermon earlier in the week, and uh, I was assured that by doing the sermon, I would learn a lot about the day and what the Lord had in mind and what He wanted to show me. So, ah, <laughs> oh dear. So this morning. I thought, right, I'll do this sermon. And um, so, when I was putting it all together, I went searching for bits of information and stuff. And I'd copied and pasted a whole lot of information. Um, and then the Lord reprimanded me. Because he said, "No, this isn't what I want you to talk about." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay." He said, "Why are you using other people's written information? I want to t talk about this." So I was like, "Okay." 
<laughs> so I scrapped everything I'd put on there and started again. So, so anyway, uh, this is Aisha from God FM. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, Samsung, Chrome, Apple, Podchaser, various others. Uh, we're not on YouTube at the moment. Uh, I think they're about to block us for, for telling the truth. So you probably won't find us on YouTube anymore. You can find us on BitChute, though. Uh, we have got some TikTok videos. But again, everything is run by Satan and the world of the dead. That's why the queen is coronated, uh, as in through a coroner, someone who deals with the dead. And that's why the queen has knights uh, who work in the darkness, <laughs> in the world of the dead. <laughs> And so you can't use any of their music or anything because when they sell their souls, they have a contract with the dead and Satan is dead because his name is lived backwards. So the contract is with the dead and therefore we are not permitted to use anything because we haven't paid for it with our souls, if you like. Yeah. Okay. And when you do pay for it, it all goes to uh, to Satan, of course, and his wonderful team of legion it's very interesting the word legion because it sounds like religion doesn't it legion uh is just the same word without the re at the beginning it's interesting with words that's what lord the lord shows me um so every word you can take apart and you get so very much from it. So I, I pray you all having a lovely day. And I wrote down quite a bit so I wouldn't forget what I was going to talk about. So I'll start reading. Sometimes I rattle on and get distracted. Okay. So I've told you a bit about this and how the Lord reprimanded me. Uh, hmm. So basically what the Lord told me is that I needed to list the headings again, as I normally do. And then he would take me on a little adventure, basically. And that's what's happened. Um, and so there was various bits of scripture that I was led to read about and uh, to quote and headings. And that's how the sermon was put together, really. Um the Lord is, is said, you know, that he is the author of life and he is the word and he is the beginning and the end and he's the alphabet and the alpha and the omega. So he is the authority above all authorities and he is in control of what's happening in the world. And it is all about him because it's his story as well. But it's also a revelation that's unfolding all about Jesus Christ which is only revealed to us when you are reborn in Christ and you live in Christ and Christ lives inside you as well. And he also tells me that your name is permanently engraved in the palms of his hands and he also tells me that he gives you a new heart when you are reborn in Christ and no longer do you need to be circumcised physically because he gives you a new heart which he circumcises in the spirit. So these are really, really beautiful things. And you are made clean through the blood of Jesus when you are baptized. The thing that 
uh, I wanted to quickly cover, which just popped in my head, is, you know, the times of Exodus when the angel of death was going to go over Egypt and uh, all the Egyptian children were killed. Um, well, we had to put blood over the door of a lamb and that stopped the angel of death coming and killing any of our children. And Jesus is the lamb, just like that. So when you're reborn in Christ and you're baptized, you're washed in the blood. And this is the seal that the revelation talks about that protects God's people. You're reborn in Christ and you're sealed, signed, sealed and delivered. So I'm probably going to have to do a sermon about that as well. But I wanted to give you that because this is important to know with what is coming. <laughs> okay. Um, there's no accidents as well if you're alive today. The Lord has grafted you into his plan for these final days. And there is no accidents with anything. The Lord is so marvelous, majestic, mysterious, and full of grace and love and kindness. But he's also righteous, which is so important. And he has big plans for you. Big, big plans. It's it's a bit like going round in circles, but we're all joined together and we all need to join hands to go round in this circle. Mm -hmm. Also, just remember that wherever you go, you are with the Lord because the Lord is with you. He's called I Am. And uh, so when you say, I am going to the shop, you know that he is with you. Um, to become true children of God, we've got to build his kingdom on earth as in the temple of God. We are the new temple. That was the message of Jesus, that he He was saying to everyone, the kingdom of God has come upon you, which is all integrated with the temple and Jerusalem, um, where the Lord will rule from as well. He's also uh, quoted as saying, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And our treasures are in heaven. As I was watching this, there was Angus Buchan on the TV with the film Faith Like Potatoes. And there was a little black man talking to Angus and his wife, or well, Angus's wife. And I just started to cry. And I said to God, I just want to go back to Africa. I miss it so much. I cried for everything that has happened to everybody. And the Lord said everything will happen according to his plan. I felt so much failure in my life because I haven't really done anything in my life. There's nothing I'm proud of, according to man. And, um, and I haven't achieved anything. And the Lord showed me today that he does not judge you according to man, the way the man judges you. He looks inside your heart and inside your mind and he knows everything that you're doing, what you're thinking, everything. And it's all about having a new, beautiful, clean heart and being refined. And it isn't about the material world. So, <laughs> this, this is so much more than what you've experienced in every day. It's supernatural and it's very, very beautiful. 
It really is. Because the revelation of Christ is currently happening as the Lord pours his spirit on us. So it's all about your interest level and your testimonies, test I monies. The Lord showed me the other day that how would you know that you can trust the Lord unless you've been tested and totally tested to the point where you've got no one else and you call on the Lord and you put all your trust and all your faith in him and he answers you and you come through something horrendous and you look back and you go, wow, the Lord was there. So then your trust is built like a muscle. Over time, you you build all this trust up for the Lord and you know that he's real because he's done so many wonderful things for you. You know, he's he's got you in the palm of his hands. So don't ever let go of the Lord and never give up. Always, always believe, no matter what happens, even if it's really bad, because the Lord can use everything and your experiences will help others. And it may feel like it's the end of the world and that God's not listening, but he is listening. He's listening to everything you say. And it's all about trusting him. And in the stories of Job, he's very tested, but he never gives up, never gives up on the Lord. Yes, and he loses everything. (laughs) But then the Lord gives him back double for his trouble. And the Lord will repay you double for your trouble. Um, So please, please, it's always about believing. My next heading, oh yes, I love you so much, by the way. Uh, My next heading is bird's eye view. Also, the Lord has said to me that this sermon is going to be a bird's eye view of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So I may put that in the title, as you probably have gathered I have. Description, um, heading, the book of Revelation describes the day of the Lord as an apocalyptic time of God's almighty wrath which comes upon those who are deemed wicked. My next heading is nothing compares to it. Whatsoever the Lord pleased that he did, that did he in heaven and on earth. And just as the Lord himself is great, so will the great and dreadful day of the Lord be great since nothing that comes before it will compare to the extraordinary power and significance of this yet future day. <laughs> Next heading. My new this is in the New Testament, so it's New Testament reference to it. Acts two colon sixteen to nineteen. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above, 
and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The, sh- the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. <coughs> so, <laughs> because we are covering quite a dramatic topic the climax of everything um i just really feel it's important to reassure you that no matter what happens the lord is with you and you can call on the lord and if you trust in the lord with all your heart he will give you all your heart's desires he will also shield you from evil and he will make the wicked flee and be scattered but also demons will be petrified so it's all about remaining clean and getting rid of all your sins and unforgiveness because we are forgiven of our sins because we're all sinners so it's about getting the formula right and that's what jesus means about being ready <laughs> at this time there's people are being given more time to get ready but more more people are also coming to the lord at these times so it's it's also refining you as people and me because there's lots of areas that i have to work on sometimes i'm impatient sometimes i swear um sometimes i can be behave badly yes i can and i look at it and i go oh gosh i can't believe i did that <laughs> I have to then go over it and say sorry or whatever. So, you know, we're all on a different uh level within the same river stream that all leads to the sea so that we can all see and hear. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> okay. Uh the next heading is headed up now acts 2 colon 41 then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3000 souls were added to them my next heading is location of the first pontecost pontecost yeah the hmm, first pontecost Senecal on Mount Zion claimed to be the location of the last supper and pentecost. And so it also claimed that this was the original church of the apostles and it was located under the current structure. This uh, I have a 1472 map which I'll be posting up on uh, our sermon notes as well which is of Jerusalem. and it shows the location of the pentecost at the top left and the traditional interpretation holds that the descent of the holy spirit took place in the upper room or cenacle on the day of pentecost the upper room was the first mentioned in luke 22:12 to 13 the upper room was to be the location of the last supper and institution of holy communion the other mention of an upper room 
is in Acts 1, 13 to 14, the continuation of the Luke narrative authored by the same biblical writer. Here, the disciples and the woman waited and they gave themselves up to the constant prayer until the arrival of the wind mentioned above. Acts 2, 44 47 contains a description of the earliest church giving a practical view of how the church members acted. The verses cover several aspects of life. The believers held everything in common. They sold property and possessions so as to give to anyone who was in need. They met together in the temple courts each day. They ate together in each other's homes. I know what you're asking. Why is this included? Well, because the Lord told me it is. Apparently it's essential. I believe that what the Lord's trying to show me is as the veil is unveiled and the spirit of truth is unveiled, the spirit which now dwells inside us all joins us all together as the new temple and is very, very integral in the final days somehow. And I'm still learning, so... A lot of what I do when I do sermons, I learn as I go, okay. (laughs) It's quite an adventure, it really is. (laughs) Um, But it's also all about the tabernacle as well. Um, It's about the core elements of God, uh, because God is beyond time, space, matter. And we have God with us. So I suppose to have understanding of the great and dreadful day of the Lord is to have an understanding of who you are in Christ, and who Christ is inside you and how it's all represented and reflected and depicted in the Bible with reference to the Pentecost and also the lamb, the sacrificial lamb who opens the seals and has saved you and redeemed you, bought you for a price, been to hell with our sins and purchased you, signed, sealed and delivered. And this is all relative to the big day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they all ate together in each other's homes and they met together, as I say, in the temple courts. Acts 2 is what I want us to read to give us a full picture of this because there's more to this than meets the eye. Okay, there's always a story within a story and a time within a time. And this is an important element of the day of the Lord. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. As I say, this is from the Lord, okay, what he wants me to talk about and how it relates. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages and other tongues. The Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. 
because each one heard their own language being spoken utterly amazed they asked aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans those then how is it that each one of us hears them in our native language Parthians Medes Elamites residents of Mesopotamia Judea Bear with me, I had to scratch my nose. <laughs> uh, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, and Phryga and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts of Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Question mark. Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Peter addresses the crowd. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to the, this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. Beep, beep. <laughs> okay. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on this throne, on his throne. Seeing what was to come, 
he spoke to spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father this promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will be receive, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The fellowship of, that, of the believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added, to the number daily, those who were being saved. Why is this so relevant? Because this is happening now. So as uh, the revelation of Christ happens, this is the great day of the Lord. I believe that the Spirit is coming upon all of us and we are starting to wake up. We're able to see and we're able to hear and we are witnesses, just like these apostles were. And all of these wondrous signs that they experienced in the book of Acts is just like a stage as well. So there is a, a pattern and a process that just like making a, a dinner, you know, you have to put the ingredients in and cook that a little bit and then put something else in. So this whole formula, if you like, of the revelation of Christ happens in this fashion that the Lord is showing me with the Spirit. It's very important. And I think when the Spirit comes upon you, you start to wake up, you start to see the truth, but also you're, you're given this new heart. You're reborn in Christ. You come together in Christ. We're all joined in the Spirit. We, we have Christ as our head priest. He is inside us and we are inside him. And together we need to all be joined together, as in the circle of hands, all, all going ring-a-ring-a-rosies, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and this 
is the power and authority of Christ that's working inside us because it's no longer us that speaks. It's Christ inside us. So, my next heading is God breathed and it was. So if we know that the great and dreadful day of the Lord is breathed by God for nothing comes into existence unless it is spoken by the Lord and breathed by the Lord as everything is, then the Holy Spirit is also the breath of God. And this also will be part of the great and dreadful day of the Lord because the Spirit comes with the breath of the Lord, just like when he rescued us from Egypt. He breathed his spirit. His spirit was above the tabernacle. And this was very integral, this tabernacle. And it was a cloud by day and a fire by night. And he led the people in this fashion. So I think the spirit is represented like that in us also, in in the same way, because we are the temple. So interesting, isn't it? <laughs> um, so uh, what else have I got here so we are the temple of the Lord and you're saved by the blood which I've already given you about the seal okay my next heading is stage as I write this the Lord is showing me that all of this is a different set of perspectives on the final day of the Lord and how it unravels It's like a stage. And then we have to look at acts as an act, act one, act two, act three, etc., to get a full perspective on the full drama of everything. Maybe that is why the book of Acts is called the book of Acts, because it is a stage. And there is nothing that exists without the truth, which is the Lord and the light and the life of Jesus Christ. So you have to start with that. And then the acts would follow as in the stage and the stage would be set. And this actually fits with my dream that I had last night. And I will read that to you because I think it's all relative. It is like um, like a film set. Hmm. <laughs> well, my dream was anyway. My dream, the stage, today, 25th of February, 2023, in my dream, there was a little drama set and stories, like sets, a bit like a stage, and it was like a movie, like a movie set, and you were contained within the stage, and you carried it around with you. And it was furnished to represent all the things that you carried with you. But it was also your home. And this home was a temporary home. And it went with you wherever you went. And so you could tell a lot about a person from the stage that they carried. And it was also a storyboard. I remember looking at someone else's storyboard and thinking about this person and I could tell from the storyboard who they were but also sometimes they put up the wrong storyboard and furnishing to deceive people so you couldn't always tell 
because of what they had inside their storyboard. Hmm. So it was also about truth and lies. But there was a way to see the real story and it was a case of waiting a little while and the storyboard would unfold automatically with the pieces of the storyboard that didn't fit the template that they had used for themselves. What was interesting about the storyboard is that it was a depiction of the person, but also it represented the fact that we didn't have long-term homes and that we actually were homeless and everything was temporary because we had no solid foundations. Earlier on in my dream state, I had another dream and this dream was about going down some white steps and as I got nearer and nearer to the bottom, they got narrower and narrower and they had no barrier and they were made of white concrete, no carpets. <laughs> and I remember as I was going down this narrow ste steps towards the bottom, I was saying, oh, this is just getting so narrow every day. They're getting narrower and narrower and it's getting really hard to get down these steps. Then uh, in another part of the dream, I was also shown a footpath, you know, a dirt track. And this path was very, very, very narrow and very hard to walk down as well. Hmm. Also back to the steps, they looked like they were inside your house and it was the way you would exit. Um, and that's all I can remember. But it's very interesting that it would relate to the sermon that I'm doing as well as in Acts. <laughs> it's just so interesting. <clears throat> Acts and stage. The words all mean things, guys. It's crazy. <clears throat> so now you've got an idea that the stage is set. Uh, I want to also read Joel 2. Um, and this gives us a big perspective on things. Okay. Huh. An army of locusts blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill, let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. <laughs> Just turning the page. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes, such as never was in ancient times, nor ever will be in ages to come. Before them, fire devours. Behind them, a flame blazes. Before them, the land is like the Garden of Eden. Behind them, a desert waste. Nothing escapes them. They have the appearance of horses. They gallop along like cavalry. With a noise like that of chariots, they leap over the mountain tops like a crackling fire, consuming stubble, like a mighty army drawn for battle. At the sight of them, nations are in anguish. Every face turns pale. They charge like warriors. They scale walls like soldiers. They all march in line 
not swerving from their course. They do not jostle each other. Each marches straight ahead. They plunge through defences without breaking ranks. They rush upon the city. They run along the wall. They climb into the houses. Like thieves, they enter through the windows. Before them, the earth shakes. The heavens tremble. The sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord thunders at the head of his army. His forces are beyond number, and his mighty and mighty is the army that obeys his command. The day of the Lord is great. It is a dreadful day. Who can endure it? Rend your heart, even now, declares the Lord. Return to me, all your heart. With fasting and weeping and mourning, rend your heart, and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and He relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offering and drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber, let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar, let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? The Lord's answer, Then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. The Lord replied to them, I am sending you grain, new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully, never again, Will I make you an object of scorn to the nations? I will drive the northern horde far from you, pushing it into a parched and barren land. Barren land. Its eastern ranks will drown in the Dead Sea, and its western ranks in the Mediterranean Sea, and its stench will go up. Its smell will rise. Surely he has done great things. Do not be afraid, land of Judah. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. Do not be afraid, you wild animals, for the pastures in the wilderness are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locust and the young locust, and the other locusts and the locusts swarm. My great army that I sent among you, you will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord, your God, 
who has worked wonders for you, never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and that there is no other, never again will my people be shamed. The day of the Lord, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my maidservants and both men and women, I will pour my spirit in these days. I will show wonders in heaven and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. And the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Notice the word survivors, eh? So, <laughs> it is going to be quite uh, horrendous. But, you know, just like Exodus, where we're told to go in our houses and put the blood over the door, we do the same. We come into our sanctuary under the Father's wings and we are given peace, joy, happiness, love, tranquility, living in the blessing, in, in, the, in the praise of our Father who saved us and loves us and thinks about us and watches us and he's there for you through all of it regardless of what's going on because you have sanctuary in the Lord and he will shield us in that way we will have sanctuary with him but only with him not through man My next heading is Let's Compare. The imagery of Judgment Day in verses 30 to 31 influences the New Testament's description in Mark 13, colon 24, and Revelation 6, colon 12. So let's look at Mark as well, 13. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said unto him, Master, see what a manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answering said unto him, Seest thou that these great buildings, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately. Just need to turn the page again. <laughs> Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be. But the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows, but take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up 
to councils and in the synagogues ye shall be beaten and ye shall be brought before the rulers and the kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the gospel must first be published among all nations and in other scriptures it says preached but when they shall lead you and deliver you up take no thought beforehand of what you shall speak neither do you premeditate but whosoever shall be given you in that hour that speak for you for it is not you that speaks but the holy spirit inside you that speaks this is one of these king james ones so i'm going to just have to just i must have put in the wrong one now the brother shall betray the brother to death and the father the son and the children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death and you shall be hated by all men for my name's sake but he you shall endure until the end the same shall be saved when but when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of in Daniel the prophet standing where it ought not let him that readeth understand that let them be in judea flee to the mountains and let him that is on the house top not go down into the house neither enter therein to take anything out of his house let him that is in the field not turn back again for to pick up his garment but woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days and pray ye that your flight be not in the winter for in those days shall be affliction such as when was not from the beginning of creation which god created unto this time neither shall be and except the lord had shortened those days no flesh should be saved but for the elect's sake whom the lord has chosen he has shortened the days and then if any man shall say to you lo here is christ or lo there there he is believe him not for false christs and false prophets shall rise and show their signs and wonders to seduce it if it were possible even the elect but take ye heed behold i have foretold you all things but in those days after the tribulation the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give its light and the stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the son of man coming in the clouds with the great power and the glory and then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds from the uttermost parts of the earth to the uttermost parts of heaven now learn a parable of the fig tree when her branches are tender and put forth leaves ye you know that it is summer summer is near so ye in the same manner when ye shall see these things come to pass know ye that it is nigh even at the doors verily i say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things 
be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And when I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. So what do we learn from that? Well, I tell you something that's really stood out to me is that he left us with the Holy Spirit, this power and authority, but also the sun and the moon isn't darkened until after the tribulation. Don't you think that's amazing? I think it is. So, ding, 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 ding. Next, what have we got? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, now we're going to look at, let's uh, look at Revelation 6. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. And the power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. Have I given you the first horse? Yes. That's the first horse is the set on him with a bow yes okay and he should kill so this is the second horse and he will take peace from the earth and then there was another and he was given to him oh yeah that they should kill one another and there was given to him a great sword and when he had opened the third seal i heard the third beast say come and see and i beheld and lo a black horse And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain 
for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto the every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that they should be killed as they were and should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth and the moon became as blood and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth even as a fig tree casted off her figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Very interesting, isn't it? Just quite a few pages. <laughs> And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in dens, and in the rocks, and in the mountains, and said to the mountains, and rocks fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? So it is pretty, pretty frightening. And uh, and people will flee. You know these bad guys. Yeah, they will try and flee. <laughs> they can't. You can't fight truth. You can't. You just can't. Just as it's spoken, it so it has to be. <laughs> so. My next heading is God's message to my listeners. Psalm 16, colon 8 to 11. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasure at your right hand. Then Psalm 110, colon 1, the Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle. Which is all very reassuring, isn't it? That we have the Lord and he is going to fight with us. And if you've got the Lord, even if the whole world comes against you, they won't succeed. And it's also about believing it because the truth exists and nothing else does. It's all about what's real and what's not real. Back to Acts, isn't it? Stage. Totally amazing. Um, 
And also, the Lord is spirit, and we're in the physical world. We're in a matrix. We're outside of the normal. God is outside of the normal. So, because we've got a spirit. Oh, yes. Just quickly, the Lord wants me to show you something. Ha. Listen to this. So, you know the giants, when they uh, died in the flood of Noah, well, they became demons, didn't they? Yes. Okay, good. Do you know why? Well, because they didn't have a soul. They're made of only flesh and um, they have spirit, but they do not have a soul. So like the Lord is made up of three elements, we are too, Father, Son and Spirit. And we also are flesh, spirit and soul. And that's why they became demons. And that's why there's so many bits of fascination about the soul. Because I don't believe that Satan has a soul either. Not in the same way. Because also, he's not a physical being. He, you know, when we ate from the tree of Adam and Eve, we were told that if we did eat from this tree, that we would die. And God wasn't lying. Because we decay and die. So... We're in a in a sort of physical 3D world of matrix. And people like Satan and all these cronies, they haven't got bodies. They're without bodies. Um, so they're missing elements, you see. We're made in the image of God, and these guys aren't. We've got all the components, but they haven't. So they're trying to make you believe that you're less valuable than you are. But actually, if you realize that you've got God inside you, you're much more valuable and you're much more powerful than you realize because <laughs> God's inside you and Jesus is alive inside you. Wow, I think that's amazing. Oh, so that was just an add-on there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Isn't he amazing? <laughs> okay, my next heading Interesting to note what happened after Jesus died. On the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, the Apostle Peter stood up and the eleven proclaimed to the crowd the miraculous events that happened on the day and they were fulfilled according to the prophecy of Joel. And this was about the pouring out of the Spirit. So they believe this has already happened. The reason I bring this up is because I believe that this is still going on now. Because Jesus said that some of you will still be around today. So it's got to still be going on. The spirit being poured out on us. <laughs> Further side note, Romans 10, in the 10th chapter, the epistle in the Romans in the New Testament of the Christian Bible, it is authored by Paul the Apostle while he was in Corinth in mid-50 AD. And this is how they link it all back. And they think it's all happened. But I think that's a, an enemy trying to tell us this already happened because we can see with our own eyes, you know, if you're awake, that people are getting the Holy Spirit poured on them. They're having dreams, visions, all sorts of things. So I just wanted to bring that up because you know that this is all relevant to us. Everything in the Bible is relevant to now um, and also the past. But also... What I really like is the term that uh, is referred to 
that we are children of God um, and we will be members of the kingdom when Jesus rules for his millennium. Citizens of Zion. Mm-hmm. Because in Romans ten thirteen it says, For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And also, this is opening up between the Jews and Gentiles. So there's no difference. Anyone who calls upon the Lord is now saved. That's why Jesus came here, so that we didn't have to go to a priest. We didn't have to go to a building. There was nothing stopping you having a relationship with the Lord. And it doesn't matter who you are now. So what they used against the Lord to stop people communicating with God, he's now used to bless us so that even more people can come and be saved. So amazing. It really is. I think so. Um, So I think we're in the last days. And also, there's also references to the times which I wanted to bring up in... um, he tells us that they have their dreams and visions. He mentions in Acts 2.15 that it was the third hour of the day at nine, about 9 a.m. Acts 2.41 then reports that they'd be gladly received the word. They were baptized. Um, and, and I think there's another reference to time as well. I'm just trying to find it. Well, maybe that is just it. So... Don't you think that's interesting that it's nine o'clock in the morning, the third hour of the day? What is the third hour of the day? Um, When does the day begin? Is there exactly half a day and half an evening? Is there already one third of the day gone? I don't know. Because days aren't long anymore, are they? There's more night time, isn't there? Than there is daytime. These are the things that go through my mind anyway. Hmm. Just to get your mind boggled. <laughs> okay. Hmm. My next heading is let's look at Joel 3 for a bigger picture. Joel 3, the nations judged in those days and at that time when I restore the fortunes of Judah, Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will put them on trial for what they did to my inheritance, my people Israel, because they scattered my people among the nations and divided up my land. They cast lots for my people and traded boys for prostitutes. They sold girls for wine to drink. Now what have you against me, Tyre and Sidon, and all you regions of Philistia? Are you repaying me for something I have done? If you are paying me back, I will swiftly and speedily return on you, your own heads, what you have done. For you took my silver and my gold, carried off my finest treasures to your temples. You sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks, that you might send them far from their homeland. See, I am going to rouse them out of the places to which you sold them, and I'll return on your own heads what you have done. I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabaeans, 
a nation far away. The Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weakling say, I am strong. Come quickly, all you nations from every side, and assemble there. Bring down your warriors, Lord. Let the nations be roused. Let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the nations on every side. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, trample the grapes, for the winepress is full, and the vats overflow, so great is their wickedness. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. (laughs) For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon will be darkened and the stars no longer shine. The Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. The earth and the heavens will tremble. But the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. Blessings for God's people, then you will know that I, the Lord your God, dwell in Zion. My holy hill, Jerusalem, will be holy. Never again will foreigners invade her. In that day the mountains will drip new wine, and the hills will flow with milk. All the ravines of Judah will run with water. A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house and water the valley of acacias. But Egypt will be desolate, Edom a desert waste, because of the violence done to the people of Judah, in whose land they shed innocent blood. Judah will be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem through all generations. Shall I leave their innocent blood unavenged? No, I will not. The Lord dwells in Zion. Next heading. (sighs) All scriptures referring to the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So, I will be also quoting all of those scriptures. I think there's 86 of them. But there's two to get us going, okay? Malachi 4, 5. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Joel 2, 31. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. Yes, we've already done that. And Mark 13, 24 to 27, but in those days following the distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with the great power and glory and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. What's so important here is that the sun and the moon isn't darkened until after this tribulation period. Hmm. You notice that? Yes, I think that's very interesting. And the valley also, (laughs) I had a vision of it and I saw it. 
and it was very amazing. Um, so the way it was done was all the people were in different fields. Some were the liars, some were the cheats, some were the non-believers. It was all different valleys, uh, different fields of different people. The hypocrites, all sorts. It was very, very interesting. Um, it'll be an amazing thing to see, won't it? Just imagine standing before the Lord and all those people are going to be judged. So no matter what happens to you, don't retaliate. Don't let yourself down. Let the Lord fight your battles for you because if you go and fight, you'll make yourself look stupid because then the person will blame you for something else that you've done. So if you let the Lord deal with it, they won't have any idea. Only the Lord can reprimand and he can use it to change the person as well so that, you know, something will happen in their life and they will think, oh, I wonder if God's real. I need God right now, you know. <laughs> so if they do something bad to you, God can turn it round. He really can. <laughs> um my next heading is Amazing Facts About the Lord. For the Lord is great, a great God, and a great King. Above all gods, in Psalm 95, colon 3, the Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the people. Psalm 99, colon 2. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whosoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and on earth, Psalm 135, colon 5 to 6. Amos, he who made the Ply, as Amos 5, 8, he who made the Pleiades and Orion, who turns midnight into dawn and darkness, day into night, who calls for the waters and of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land. The Lord is his name. <laughs> it is truly amazing, you know. How amazing the Lord is. All of the things that he has done for us. And it truly, truly is. I'm just looking through. Yes. I've got the 86 bits of scripture referring to the, um, the, 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 um, the day of the Lord. So this is the not the great and dreadful day of the Lord, but the day of the Lord. And so I'll go through that and read you the most poignant ones, um, I think. Yes. So I'm sure you don't want to listen to every single one. Hmm. Well, maybe you do. Let's, let's start and see how we get on. Isaiah 24, colon 21 to 22. So it will happen in that day that the Lord will punish the host of heaven on high and the kings of the earth on earth. They will be gathered together like prisoners in the dungeon and will be confined in prison. And after many days, they will be punished. Zephaniah 1, colon 14 to 18. Near is the great day of the Lord. Near and coming very quickly. Listen, the day of the Lord. In it, the warrior cries out bitterly. A day of wrath is that day. A day of trouble and distress. A day of destruction and death desolation.
a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities and the high corner towers. Isaiah 13, 9 Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, cruel and fury and burning anger, to make the land a desolation, and he will exterminate its sinners from it. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not flash forth their light. The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will not shed its light. Thus I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will also put an end to the arrogance of the proud and abase the haughtiness of the ruthless. Jeremiah 46, colon 10 For that day belongs to the Lord God of hosts, a day of vengeance, so as as to avenge himself on his foes. And the sword will devour and be satiated and drink its full of their blood. For there will be a slaughter for the Lord God of hosts in the land of the north by the river Euphrates. Job 20, 28 to 29. The increase of his house will depart. His possessions will flow away in the day of his anger. This is the wicked man's portion from the Lord, even the heritage decreed to him by God. Isaiah 13, 29. 4 to 6, a sound of tumult on the mountains, like that of many people, a sound of the uproar of kingdoms, of nations gathered together. The Lord of hosts is mustering the army for battle. They are coming from a far country, from the farthest horizons, the Lord and his instruments of indignation to destroy the whole land, wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Isaiah 19, colon 16 to 17. I'm enjoying this, actually. It's very, very good. I think it'll give us a really good picture by just reading all of the scriptures that refer to it. (laughs) Okay. In that day, the Egyptians will come like women, and they will tremble and be in dread because of the waving of the hand of the Lord of hosts, which he is going to wave over them. The land of Judah will become a terror to Egypt. Everyone to whom it is mentioned will be in dread of it because of the purpose of the Lord of hosts, which he is purposing against them. (laughs) Totally wow. Ezekiel 30, 3 to 4. For the day is near, even the day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. A sword will come upon Egypt. And anguish will be in Ethiopia. When the slain fall in Egypt, they take away her wealth, and her foundations are torn down. Isaiah 27, colon 1. In that day the Lord will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, with his fierce and great mighty sword, even Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will kill the dragon who lives in the sea. Joel 3, colon 12 to 14. Let the nations be aroused and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. 
multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Zephaniah 3, 8. Therefore wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day when I rise up as a witness. Indeed, my decision is to gather nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out on them my indignation, all my burning anger, for all the earth will be devoured by the fire of my zeal. Romans 2.16 On that day, when according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. Revelation 6.15-17 Then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks and the mountains. And they said to the mountains, Let the end fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne. I've already read that before. Amos 5, colon 18 Alas, you who are longing for the day of the Lord, for what purpose will that day of the Lord be to you? Question mark. It will be darkness and not light, as when a man flees from a lion and a bear meets him, or goes home, leans his hand against the wall, and a snake bites him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness instead of light, even gloom, with no brightness in it? Question mark. Isaiah 2, colon 12 For the Lord of hosts will have a day of reckoning against everyone who is poured, proud and lofty, and against everyone who is lifted up, that he may be abased. Joel 1, colon 15 Alas for that day, for the day of the Lord is near, and it will come as destruction from the Almighty. Joel 2, colon 1 to 2. Already read that one, but I'll read it again. Blow a trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. Surely it is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. As the dawn is spread over the mountains. Pop goes the weasel. Right. So there is a great and mighty people. There has never been anything like it, nor will there be again after it, to the years of many generations. Matthew 7 20 colon 7 colon 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. John 12, 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. Romans 2, colon 5 But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Jeremiah 30, colon 7 to 8 Alas, for that day is great. There is none like it, and it is the time of Jacob's distress. But he will be saved from it. It shall come 
about on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off their neck and will tear off their bonds and strangers will no longer make them their slaves. Joel 2 colon 23 to 28. So rejoice, O sons of Zion, and be glad in the Lord your God, for he has given you the earthly rain for your vindication. And he has poured down for you the rain. We, we have read this, I think it was already. Uh, the early and the latter rain as before. The threshing floors will be full of grain and the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. Then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. The creeping locust, the stripping locust and the gnawing locust. My great army which I sent among you. Isaiah 11, colon 11. Then it will happen on the day that the Lord will again recover the second time with his hand the remnant of his people who will remain from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Kosh, Alam, Shina, Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. Isaiah 27, colon 12 to 13. In that day, the Lord will start his threshing from the flowing stream of the Euphrates, to the brook of Egypt, and you will be gathered up one by one, O sons of Israel. It will come about also in that day that a great trumpet will be blown, and those who were perishing in the land of Assyria and who were scattered in the land of Egypt will come and worship the Lord in the holy mountain at Jerusalem, Mika 4 colon 6 to 7. In that day, declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame and gather the outcasts, even those whom I have afflicted. I will make the lame a remnant and the outcast a strong nation, and the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on and forever. Matthew 24 colon 30 to 31. And then the sign of of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Mark 13, colon 26 to 27. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send forth these angels and he will gather together his elect from the four winds from the farthest end of the earth to the farthest end of heaven. Zephaniah 3, 14 to 20. Shout for joy, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O Israel. Rejoice and exult. With all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away his judgments against you. He has declared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is your midst, is in your midst. You will fear disaster no more. In that day, it will be said to Jerusalem, do not be afraid, O Zion. Do not let your hands fall limp. In Isaiah 4, colon 5, to 6 it says then the Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day even smoke 
and the brightness of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory will be a canopy. There will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and a refuge and protection from the storm and the rain. In Isaiah 26, colon 1, it says, In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up walls and ramparts for security. Joel 2, colon 32. Oh, it really gives a nice picture, doesn't it? Hmm? And it will come about that whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be delivered. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be those who escape. And the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. In Joel 3, 16, it says, The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth tremble. But the Lord is a refuge for his people and a stronghold to the sons of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. So Jerusalem will be holy, and strangers will pass through it no more. And in that day the mountains will drip with sweet wine, and the hills will flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah will flow with water. And a spring will go out from the house of the Lord to water the valley of Shittim. Zechariah 9, colon 16 to 17. And the Lord their God will save them in that day as the flock of his people, for they are as the stones of a crown, sparkling in his land. For what comeliness and beauty will be theirs? Rain will make the young men flourish, and new wine the virgins. Isaiah 4, colon 3 to 4. It will come about that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who is recorded for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit, judgment, and the spirit of burning. Zephaniah 3, 11 to 13 in the day you will feel no shame because of all your deeds by which you have rebelled against me. For then I will remove from your midst your proud, exalting ones, and you will never again be haughty on my holy mountain. But I will leave among you a humble and lowly people, and they will take refuge in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong. And tell no lies. Nor will a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they will feed and lie down with no one to make them tremble. Zechariah 14, 20-21 In that day there will be inscribed on the bells of the horses, Holy to the Lord, and the cooking pots, in the Lord's house will be like the bowls before the altar. Every cooking pot in Jerusalem and in Judah will be holy to the Lord of hosts, and all who sacrifice will come and take of them and boil in them, and there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of, 
the Lord of hosts in that day. Malachi 4, 1-2 For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be chaff. And the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. Mika, 4 colon 8, as for you, tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you it will come, even the former dominion will come, the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. Mika, 5 colon 8 to 9, the remnant of Jacob, will be among the nations, among many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a lion among the flocks of sheep, which, if he passes through, tramples down the tears and tears, and there is none to rescue. Your hand will be lifted up against your adversaries, and all your enemies will be cut off. Revelation 22,5 and there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine, will, will be the light, and they will reign forever and ever. Hmm. Philippians 1, colon 6, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Daniel 12, colon 1 to 2. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise, and there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book of life, will (laughs) turning page be rescued many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake these to everlasting life but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt John 6 colon 40 for this is the will of my father that everyone who beholds the son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. John 11, colon 24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 1 Corinthians 1, colon 8. Who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? 2 Timothy 1, colon 12. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. 2 Timothy 4,8 In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, 
and not only me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Ezekiel 38 colon 14 to 16. Makes you want to cry, doesn't it? Does me anyway. Therefore prophesy, son of man, and say to Gog, Thus says the Lord God, On that day, when my people Israel are living securely, will you not know it? Question mark. You will come from your place out of the remote parts of the north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great assembly and a mighty army, and you will come up against my people Israel, like a cloud to cover the land. It shall come about in the last days that I will bring you against my land, so that the nations may know me when I am sanctified through you before their eyes, O Gog. Zechariah 14,2 For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured, the houses plundered and the women ravished, and half of the city exiled, but the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. Luke 21,20 But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that her desolation is near. Revelation 20, colon 8 to 9, and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Azar, <laughs> four, four colon two. <laughs> I just love that, you know, such a build-up, and then it devoured them. <laughs> Isaiah 4, colon 2. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth will be the pride and the adornment of the survivors of Israel. Isaiah 11, colon 10. Then in that day, the nations will resort to the root of Jesse, who will stand as a signal for the peoples, and his resting place will be glorious. Jeremiah 30, colon 9 But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Hosea 3, colon 5 Afterward, the sons of Israel will return and seek the Lord their God, and David their king. And they will come trembling to the Lord and to his goodness in the last days. Amos 9,11 In that day I will raise up the fallen booth of David and wall up its breaches. I will also raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. Zechariah 9,9 Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout in triumph. O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just, just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Zechariah 12, colon 11. I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, so that they will look on me whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son, and they will weep bitterly over him 
like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2-3 to For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. Matthew 24, 43-44 But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed the house to be broken into. For this reason you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Luke 12, 39-40 But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have not allowed his house to be broken into. Same again, but different scripture. Uh, Mark 13, colon 32 But of that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels of in heaven or the Son, but the Father alone. 2 Peter 3, colon 10 But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burnt up. 1 Thessalonians 5, colon 4 to 8. Gentle <laughs> says, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. And I've got read more here as a note. <laughs> Ezekiel 13, colon 5. You have not gone up into the breaches, nor did you build up, build the wall around the house of Israel to stand in the battle on the day of the Lord. Zephaniah 2, colon 1 to 3. Gather yourselves together. Yes, gather, O nation, without shame, before the decree takes effect. The day passes like the chaff before the burning anger of the Lord comes upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger comes upon you. Repeated. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth who have carried out his ordinances. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you were, will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. Malachi 4, colon 5. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. 2 Peter 3, colon 11 to 12. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this day, in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in their holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the elements will melt with intense heat. Matthew 24, colon 33. So you too, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near, right at the door. Mark 13, colon 29. Even so, you too, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near. Repeat it. Hmm. And repeat it again in Luke 
same. 2 Thessalonians 2, colon 3. By the way, this reference in Luke is 21, colon 31. We're now reading 2 Thessalonians 2, colon 3. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Acts 2, colon 19 to 20. We've already read it, but I'm going to read it again. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. Joel 2, colon 30 to 31. Again, we've read that I will display wonders in the sky. Same same thing. Hmm. It's interesting how it all correlates to different scriptures. Isn't it beautiful? Hmm. Isaiah 13, colon 9 to 10. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, cruel, with fury and burning anger, to make the land a desolation, and he will exterminate its sinners from it. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not flash forth their light. The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will not shed its light. Got Joel 2, colon 10 again. Before them, the earthquakes, the heavens tremble, the sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars lose their brightness. 20, uh, Luke 21, colon 11, and there will be, a, be great earthquakes, and in various places, plagues and famines, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Isaiah 5, colon 29 to 30. Its roaring is like a lioness, and it roars like li- young li- lions. It growls as it seizes its prey. It carries it off with no one to deliver it, and it will growl over it in that day like the roaring of the sea. If one looks to the land, behold, there is darkness and distress. Even the light is darkened by its clouds. Ezekiel 30, colon 10, thus says the Lord God, I will also make the hordes of Egypt cease by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Joel 2, colon 2 to 4, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds, thick darkness. Already read that. Let's see what else we got. Really done. Um... Amos 5, colon 27, Therefore I will make you go into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Matthew 24, colon 21, For then there will be a great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. Um, and then that's repeated in Mark 13, colon 19. And then we've got Isaiah 11, colon 12 to 14. And he will lift up a standard for the nations and assemble the banished ones of Israel and will gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Then the jealousy of Ephraim will depart and those who harass Judah will be cut off. Ephraim will not be jealous of Judah and Judah will not harass Ephraim. They will swoop down on the slopes of the Philistines on the west. Together they will plunder the sons of the east. 
they will possess Edom and Moab, and the sons of Ammon will be subject to them. Haggai 2, 23 On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, my servant, declares the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. Zechariah 3, 8 Now listen, Joshua, the high priest, you and your friends who are sitting in front of you. Indeed, they are men who are a symbol for beyond. I am going to bring my servant, the branch. And now we've got some about the day of the Lord. And it's more details like who on the day of the Lord shall, who the Lord shall be upon. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. Mark 6, colon 7 to 11. And he summoned, summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over unclean spirits. And he instructed them that they should take nothing for their journey except mere staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belt, but to wear sandals. And he added, do not put on two tunics. And then we've got Obadiah, 1 colon 15 to 16, for the day of the Lord draws near on all the nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your dealings will return on you, on your own head, because just as you drank on my holy mountain, all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and swallow and become as if they had never existed. <laughs> oh, it's great, isn't it? Isaiah 2, 12 to 17. For the Lord of hosts will have a day of reckoning against everyone who is proud and lofty and against everyone who is lifted up that he may be abased and it will be against all the cedars of Lebanon that are lofty and lifted up against all the oaks of Bashan against all the lofty mountains and against all the hills that are lifted up by the way a lot of these mountains are often referred to and and trees and uh, I believe that we had much, much bigger trees before. They must have destroyed them all. <laughs> uh, Zephaniah 2, colon 1 to 2. Gather yourselves together. Yes, gather, O nation, without shame. Malachi 4, colon 1 to 3. For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be chaff. And the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Matthew 10, colon 5 to 15. These twelve Jesus sent out after instructing them, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter any city of the Samaritans. And then we've got a subheading, Day of the Lord, the coming day of the Lord. Malachi 4, colon 1, For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be chaff. 
Yes, we've read that already. Uh, uh, Zechariah 14, colon 1, Behold, a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you will be divided among you. I like that. Obadiah 1, colon 15, For the day of the Lord draws near on all the nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Already read that similar. Isaiah 13, colon 6 to 9. Wail for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, all hands will fall limp and every man's heart will melt. They will be terrified. Pains and anguish will take hold of them. They will writhe like a woman in labor. They will look at one another in astonishment, their faces aflame. Joel 3, colon 13 to 14. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Next heading, day of the Lord, how the day of the Lord will come. Well, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, all hands will fall limp. Yes, we've already read that. <coughs> okay. Okay. Next heading. 1 Thessalonians 5, colon 1 to 4. Now, as to the times... And the epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. Hmm. So we already had that. Um, we've got the thief in the night from Peter as well. Um, what have we got? What should not profit in the day of the Lord's wrath? Oh, yes. Zephaniah 1, colon 18. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to deliver them on the day of the Lord's wrath, and all the earth will be devoured in the fire of his jealousy, for he will make a complete end, indeed a terrifying one, of all the inhabitants of the earth. Don't you think that's amazing? I think I just have to press play on this music. Okay, happy days. Hmm. Proverbs 11, colon 4. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Next heading, day of the Lord before. Joel 2, colon 27-32. Thus you will know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is no other, and my people will never be put to shame. It will come about after this, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. That is repeated. Um, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> so nice to read it again. Okay, the next bit that I've got ended up cap um, being in capitals. Mm. And this is Acts 2, colon 17 to 22, which says to me that that is very important you know when the spirit is poured out on the people that is in acts too yeah um 
like I was saying about the stage, and I think that's so very relevant. Hmm. Uh, and then we have a next heading, Day of the Lord. What is kept in store for the Day of the Lord? 2 Peter 3, colon 5 to 7. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of the water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water, but by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Next heading, Day of the Lord, who the day of the Lord shall not be upon, Zephaniah through 2, colon 3. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth, who have carried out his ordinances. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. So it's about, so that one's about making sure that you're fully repented and up to speed with everything. My next heading is about Luke. Um, and the Lord wanted me to read this. Luke 4, colon 14 to 20. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set a liberty those who are oppressed. Acts 1, colon 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Also, important the Lord wants me to bring this up as well about not understanding his language because he speaks the truth, yeah? So interesting. John 8, colon 43 to 47. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Question mark. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So those are the people who don't hear the message. Which I think so very, very interesting. Why does the Lord want me to bring this up? Well, because they don't really want you to know the Word of God, I'm finding. 
and they don't want you to know what the tools are to fight the enemy. Hmm. So I was asked by the Lord to bring that up as well. Once you've got the wit the witnesses, once you you are witnesses, as in the Spirit is upon you and you become a witness and you have eyes to see and ears to hear, then you will be witnesses. And this is important because also once you're a witness, you want to proclaim this message. It is now your job to spread the gospel and the good news. And what we get is we get the Pharisee type of people telling us that certain people mustn't share the gospel and it goes against the Lord and the dumb and all this other cuck, which is a lot of cuck. By the way, that's not a swear word. It's an Afrikaans word. But anyone who is reborn in Christ has got this Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who speaks for you. It's no longer I that speaks, but the Holy Spirit who speaks for me. It's about speaking the language of God, which is the truth, the light and the life and Jesus Christ. We are witnesses because of this. So anybody who tells you differently, who tries to tell you differently, they do not know God. They do not understand the truth. Because the whole purpose of Jesus, and if they don't believe in this, then they don't really believe in Jesus and the essence of Jesus. Because Jesus came to set us free from the old legal Pharisee Torah types. And these were men that stretched the word and the law beyond its measure. And they did not have the measuring God, measuring compass or the measuring plumb line of the Lord. They used their own measures and they relied on their own understanding and they made it uncomfortable and unpleasant. And that's why Jesus came here, to set us free from all of that. So we still get those types now. And this means that they don't recognize why Jesus came here. Because Jesus came to set us free from those very types of people. So that you can have a one-to-one and you don't have to go through third parties to have a relationship with the Lord. So that's what the the Lord wanted me to bring up with you, you know, today as well, is to really have a good look in the mirror, just to be sure, you know, not trying to have a go, and just saying we haven't got long and it's important to get it right. It is. And we've got to be ready. (laughs) So I, I just think we've got to look at everything. Um you know, and and how we are and the way we're progressing because we're meant to be improving as well. (laughs) Uh, Also, when you're in the truth, you're able to spot lies a bit easier because the light shines on the darkness, which are the lies, and exposes them for what they are. I want to read you John 8 as well. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives At dawn, he appeared again at the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down 
and started to write on the, the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away, one at a time, the older one, older ones first, until only Jesus was left. With the woman still standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, why are they, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Why is this so important? Well, a couple of things. <sighs> Whoever's without sin cast the first stone. And then notice that Jesus got on the floor and started writing in the sand. You know why? Because Jesus is the Word. Hmm. Also, the Lord revealed to me that he is the pen and he's also the penis. Pen is. And the woman is the sheet, sheath of paper. But also the Lord is the sword. And she is the sheath that you put the sword into. If you need one to work with the other to create life, man and woman. And it's, uh, and it's very beautiful. It's very, very beautiful. Always come back to this. <laughs> Read the scriptures for what they say. Know that the Lord is with you and he will give you the wisdom and understanding of the spirit inside you. <laughs> but also, when Jesus speaks to these guys, and he says, don't you speak my language? They don't. They speak lies. They don't understand Jesus. They have no idea what Jesus is saying. I just think that's totally incredible. Mm. And also, just after this, they accuse Jesus of being demon-possessed, that he is a demon casting out demons. And he says to them, you can curse me, you can curse God, but you cannot curse the Holy Spirit. And it was through the Holy Spirit that Jesus was doing this work. And so this is important also, because if the Spirit is poured out on us all, then we're all joined together. And fighting your own brothers is like fighting your own arm. We're all joined together. We won't always agree, but it's good to debate, I think, and ask questions. But it's not a competition. It's not competition, it's completion. It's about completion. Because we are complete and whole, as in holy, through the Lord who loves us. But also, with this Holy Spirit, because we are doing the works with the Holy Spirit inside us, it's not us. It's Jesus, and it's his power of his name that we believe. And then we can give testimonies. So amazing. Um, so if we curse someone 
who's doing the work of the Lord through the Holy Spirit, then I think that is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. We should be careful. But also, blaspheming the Holy Spirit is cursing. So, you know, my thinking is, be careful using God's name or any name in vain. You know, you know, just say fiddlesticks or, you know, instead of, you know, cursing someone, you just say, you know, yara, 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 or something like that. <laughs> oh, you are so wonderful to me. Praise the Lord. And that is my conclusion to my sermon. Diddly dum. And it was quite a nice eye view, I think, uh, a bird's eye view to the whole spectrum of events that will unfold and are upon us, really. They are actually upon us now. Um, So we've got the tribulation to go through, which I thought was interesting as well. Um, And also the lining up of all the nations to be judged. I thought that was just crazy, wonderful stuff. Uh, I like the fact that um, the Lord is going to, before our very eyes, restore our fortunes. And it will happen. And you must believe it. The Lord loves us. He loves us so much. Yeah, really, he does. And uh, we are saved. We are saved and we are alive. So don't worry about this world. Only worry about the world to come in which we'll all have peace and joy and happiness and unity through love of Christ in truth. And harmony is what we need. Peace. Take a deep breath. Just rest and let the Lord do his work. Sometimes you have to be silent as well. But also, don't forget to pray to God about the little things. Every little thing. How do you know if God's real unless you ask the Lord to help you? And you are tested. So amazing. It really is. Radio then. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you came to earth and died on the cross for my sins. I know you are the Son of God and I know I'm a sinner. And I beg forgiveness for my sins. I wish to follow you. Please also help me to forgive others. And if I've done anything wrong, to try and put it right. I am washed clean by the blood of Jesus, and I cast out all demons, hexes, curses, witchcraft, Satan, and his cronies in the name of Jesus. And if my family have followed pagans, witchcraft, Satanism, Freemasons, or the Masons, or any tarot readers, or Ouija boards, or anything evil, including pagan festivals, please release us from any generation curses that you might have put on us, and release us now and break those chains past, present, and future, and redeem us. Please, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I also pray for wisdom and understanding to navigate this crazy world, <laughs> and that all the demons will be petrified and and run and flee when they see me coming. I also pray that we have many encounters with people, 
So we are able to shine the light of Jesus and bring them to also know the truth and the love of Christ and that they may also be saved. I also pray for finances, that you'll provide all the finances we need to feed ourselves, to pay for accommodation and jobs, all of the things that you know we need. And books to read, send us all the ability to access Bibles for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And also if there's any illness which is so ill from the soil which Satan eats, I cast it out in the name of Jesus right now. All illness out in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for being a righteous God, an amazing God, and the only God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the mighty living God. I thank you for loving a wretch like me. I'm so blessed. Praise your name. In Jesus' name, it's Aisha from God FM. I hope you have a lovely day. God bless you.